you know, when I'm retired and I'm living off of a pogey and I'm in a one bedroom, one bedroom apartment with, with four cats and I just won't fucking die. You, you are the cats. Yeah, both. It's time to get things started with how to survive the modern world or Gen X isn't just a fashion statement where Rob and Andrew talk about everything pop culture from punk rock to philosophy and everything in between and always presented by tribe74.com. Hey Rob, how's it going, man? Well, yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you. It's uh, it's good to be here. I feel uh, I feel refreshed and excited to be here. Nice. And I don't know why. I don't know why. There, there's there's <laughs> You're no looking reason. good. Well, <laughs> who are you looking at? <laughs> okay, take down that picture of Bo Sorry. Derek. <laughs> Sorry, it's a mirror. <laughs> uh, that would explain it. That would explain it. That would explain it. Uh, quick, quickly, quickly. Did you have a Bo Derek poster on your wall? Uh, no, I did not. I no. was a, a Heather Thomas guy. Heather Thomas. Yes. Yes. We're all, I probably was influenced by uh, you or your brother with the Heather Thomas. That's Little sure. fall guy action. Little fall guy. Who didn't like fall guy? I know. Anyway, Great today I was, I was, I was flipping through, like I, I'm always on like the marketplace and Kijiji and all that stuff, looking through stuff because uh, yep. I'm always buying and selling and stuff. And uh, I came across these awesome orange Julius cups that somebody was selling for a ridiculous price. Uh, back from like 1986 or something like that. Do you remember Orange Julius? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that totally. was the thing. At, remember when it when it showed up at the at the Stone Road Mall Stone in our, Yeah, yeah. Well, they they had these cups. There was like a She-Hulk and a Captain America on the front. It had just a, like the artwork, and then on the bag, one said like Chug, and the other one said uh, Slurp or something like that. Quaff, quaff. That was it. And that's why I remember it because it said Quaff. <laughs> Anyway, somebody was selling it on, on Kijiji for like I have $50 a cup or $85 for the pair. I'm like, okay, there's no way I'm buying those. But that was a great trip down memory lane. I hadn't seen those uh, in a long time. Yeah, I, it, yeah, it's been since I was, it was in the Stone Road Mall that I actually even thought of it. Yeah. Did you, did you have those cups? Do you think? I, I probably, probably should have seen that picture. But no. Yeah, I would think I, I think it would stand out to me if I actually own those cups. Yeah. I generally got the McDonald's or Burger King collectible cups. Yeah, like those the Muppets were, or the yeah the wrestling cups or whatever. Yeah, they got some Star yeah. Wars at uh, uh, early on at one at one point. That's right. That's right. I remember the Star Wars ones. The Empire Strikes Back. I think particular yeah. in particular. Yeah, wish I still had those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't you don't you wish? Yeah. <laughs> so, Andrew, tell me, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, dude, I'm looking forward to the show. We've got esports on the lineup, body modification, and your favorite, hair metal. Hair metal. Why do you say it was my favorite? Is because I don't have any hair? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> wow. Wow. Does that hurt a, sunk to a, hurt a little I, bit? If I had a feeling, it would have hurt. Yeah. But I don't have any feelings, so you can say what you want about me. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing to lose. So you ready to go? I'm ready to go. All right, what? let's grind. Let's grind. Oh, sounds like you're ready to do some esports. That's what it sounds like to me. That's right. Yeah. Are you pumped up to be a a virtual athlete? Yeah, I didn't even really know it was a, a, an actual job until about a week ago. Yeah, neither did I. I'd always kind of seen something about like esports this, esports that, but I never really delved into it because I thought, oh, it's just a bunch of guys playing like uh, FIFA 
EA Sports FIFA, you know, together. And then I guess, you know, they just have a tournament or something like that. Yeah. I realize it's a billion dollar freaking industry. Yeah. So I got to tell you, I was flipping around on the television on real TV shows and there was an actual show of a Clash of Clans tournament. Like your little phone game, Clash of Clans, it was a tournament on TV. That's okay. On, t- on TV. On TV. So, so have we evolved from poker leagues? I think to, you know, so. To, to, the, to the guys with these big gaudy sunglasses and nerdy looking guys with sunglasses to nerdy guys playing video games? Is that, is that the next thing? Is this the next thing? It's not the next thing. It is the thing. It is a thing. Wow. <laughs> that, I, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm kidding about that because I, I did a little bit of research in that and it, it is a serious thing. And, and people have joked about it. A lot of professional like sports athletes or media pundits have kind of blown it off and shaken it off. But it is a billion dollar industry. You can't. Yeah, it's hurt. incredible. You, so, and it's like when we say esports, you automatically think of a sport, whether it's, you know, your soccer, your hockey, football, your traditional sports, but no, we're talking league of legends, which is actually created by riot games, Dota two overwatch, which is uh, from blizzard. They also created Warcraft and Starcraft rocket league FIFA. It is everything. Long as there is a competitive component to it, it's going to be an esport. I'm just looking at a bit of a list here. And like when you watch the videos and stuff, like I did some research on YouTube and watching the videos and they pretty much only talked about like League of Legends, Dota, Counter-Strike and some of the fighting games like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Uh, I, I Sorry, they also talked about StarCraft, I guess was another big one, which is weird because I remember StarCraft when when I first got into PCs, StarCraft was already there. StarCraft was one of the original PC games that I remember. Yeah. And it's crazy to think that it's come this far and it's lasted this long, but now it's like, it's part of this massive industry. Well, yeah, the more competitive you can make the game, the longer that game is going to last, which clearly that's got staying power. It needs to be addictive for them. As a a, a modern video gamer, I I don't play video games as much as I used to, Yeah, but in, in my... Probably the last like 15 years, I played a heck of a lot of video games. And before that, I, I, well, I've, I've been playing video games since the Atari 2600. If that doesn't date me as a uh, Generation X or I don't know what will. Uh, honestly, you're an OG. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is like the dream scenario for myself. I mean, growing up, you remember probably like, was it the Nintendo Power game? Uh, there was a they even made a movie about it with Fred Savage, I think was in it, where you know he he competes on the grand stage for some I don't even remember what he was competing for, but he was playing Super Mario Brothers or something like that. And it was basically just a giant advertisement for Nintendo and the power glove. But but that was like the dream as a child growing up in Generation X that I was like, oh, I want to be able to go and do that. And, it, and it's actually it's actually a thing now. It's happening. It yeah. is so happening. Like back then it was like this once in a occasional thing or it was nothing better, nothing bigger than like a comic comic convention. Now it's a billion dollar, like the, what was it? I, I was just reading about iRacing. So this would be what more things that I'm interested in. Uh, NASCAR iRacing. And in the last couple of years, they paid out over $500,000 in prize money. Like if you think about that's that, that's crazy. one that's one person in a car. So it's not like a team. Like, so a lot of these ones that, that we've talked about, League of Legends, Dota, Counter-Strike, they're 
they do it a lot through teams and stuff like that, right? They send teams to these to these tournaments. Mm-hmm. But with the NASCAR, I think, and I, I again, I haven't researched that deeply in the NASCAR. I'm going to definitely be looking more into it. But the, you know, you're just the one player, and anybody can join. And you're one player as long as you have the proper setup, you can join and compete. Well, that's a great thing about esports is that the only limitation is that you have a computer and access to the internet and you can be young you can be old you can be female male or xyz whatever you want to be as long as you have access to a computer you're golden you're in you can compete with with anybody it is it is like the truest form of congruity or global market connection that we could ever ask for is now that anybody you know and we talk about like we we see professional athletes and think well you know you have to be the best of the best you know physically and you have you have to be able to go to these places and prepare and all that stuff where with this obviously you still need to have skill and all that stuff to play these games at a a competitive level but anybody can do it now so it doesn't matter who you are where you're from any special abilities or that you have or don't have is no longer a barrier oh exactly like i mean now you can just play online and go up the ranks or you can jump into local tournaments and that that's how you get noticed so how come we're not doing this yeah exactly from everything that i see it is a young person's game and the demand on the body that it takes is ridiculous because i'm gonna call them kids these kids are playing 10 to 14 hours a day and going hard they're grinding it isn't something that gen xers should be doing quite frankly (laughs) if i could figure out a way that'd be awesome i was checking out their the average salary it is now seventy four thousand dollars a year for the average and that's that's probably american so that's even i would think yeah especially for us canadians right like that's huge i don't know if that's huge necessarily in america but for canadians i would say so that's probably well that's that's like middle you know middle class yeah as a single as a single individual like upper middle class as a single individual uh yeah now the the having said that the the lifespan of a competitive player is quite short you know a lot of times it might only be two years at your playing professionally but if you get more than that then then that's awesome i mean there's a lot of problems that go along with being a professional gamer you might get carpal tunnel and that might end up costing you like a million dollars because you got carpal tunnel syndrome or a wrist injury it it puts you out of gaming completely and now the uh the the teams specifically have trainers as part of the dynamic to help you prepare and to be able to play at that level and to play continuously so you're not actually uh, having these sorts of injuries so i think i think with any new sport or it's hard to say new sport because we don't really see a lot of new sports in our generation yeah but i think as it becomes bigger and uh, more corporations get on the bandwagon especially when they know it's a billion dollar industry that you will see, you know, I'm sure Nike's already involved somehow, but you'll see that the, these. Yeah, uh, actually, re- I think re- I saw one dude that is sponsored by Nike. Yeah, so so you'll see the research will start to to increase, and then you might see that there's more professional looks at it in in that regard. Like, okay, so how do we how do we prevent 
you know, the carpal tunnels, how do we prevent the, uh, the Dorito syndrome? Yeah. You know, <laughs> syndrome. <laughs> like, so I think that there's a, I mean, it, it must only get better. Like even just reading a bit here, it says that uh, despite its large industry, esports in Japan, for instance, is relatively underdeveloped just hmm. because of like, you know, anti-gambling laws, which prevent professional gaming tournaments. But I'm sure that there, there's still reservation moving forward because again, you know, we come from a generation where playing video games is nerdy and yeah. it's starting to become, but as it grows in popularity, then it's bound to get more respect and more competitive and more opportunity. Well, so then, yeah. a lot of kids, when they're finishing up high school and starting to look at universities, they're actually looking at their esports e programs that they have. And the better of a team that a university has, the more prestige that it actually comes along with it. And the universities, like just like any other sports player, they're putting up scholarship money to get these big name players to come to their school. Right. Where, where there's money to be had, the schools will be involved. They will find a way. <laughs> they will find a way. Well, that's great, though. But here's and, and obviously, I think in the last year and a half, this has probably been the probably the single greatest opportunity for esports to really grow. Because think about it. What is the one thing that sports hasn't been able to do in the last year and a half is draw a crowd. Yeah. So all that ticket revenue is lost. However, when you're talking about esports, while well, people are viewing online or streaming online, watching it through cable television, so there's going to be that revenue is already coming in, and you have the added bonus of not having to pay massive staff, you know, to take care of facilities or cook the popcorn or make the hot dogs, the the vendors at the at the the hockey rink, you know, you yeah, don't have I to mean, pay for that. They can they can still play. What uh, what I come across, uh, there was a recent League of Legends tournament. It was the world championship uh, for League of Legends, and it actually attracted 43 million viewers online. And the prize pool, it was over $6 million. 43 million viewers. Yeah. Just online. Like those, yeah. Those numbers are like blow like regular sports out of the water. Oh, completely. Like that's and, the, and this is only the start. Like right now, most, most of the viewership is coming from the asian pacific area and i think i think i read that it's about 57 percent is coming from asian pacific about 12 percent is coming from north america so there is a huge market to still tap into that is crazy yeah here here's some numbers to impress you so you said sorry what was it 43 million people yeah. had watched super bowl 2021 and i know that this is a skewed year and so it was last year super bowl 2021 96.4 super bowl 2020 102.1 and super bowl 2019 comes in at uh 98.2 million or 100 100 across all the yeah. platforms 100 million and you think about how long football has been televised and how long uh this has been such a huge thing in everybody's life and here comes esports and are and already bringing in these sorts of numbers. Like half the number of the Super Bowl, arguably the greatest, well, at least in North America, the greatest viewed sporting event in, in North America is bringing just twice as many as esports. <laughs> it seems like, absolutely crazy. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. And, and not only that, I mean, when people 
think jumping off topic maybe a little bit here but when people think of super bowl like all the other tv stations they don't really try to compete so they just put up reruns and all that stuff so everybody's focused on that yeah but these people are literally like half of that viewership is going and actively ignoring whatever else is on tv or whatever else is on youtube and going to the stream and watching this mm-hmm. and again 43 million people that is greater than the population of canada now when we talk about the prize money that's being put up like the six million dollars i've heard like nine million for another event you have to also realize that money that's actually when a team wins that money is actually going to the team it isn't going to one individual that's taking it all home because they have to pay for their managers, their coaches, their chefs, their training facilities, their marketers, IT director. And so the player is paid like an employee, but as your, uh, I guess, I'm going to say just your quality of, of playmanship increases your money i'm sure it goes up with that as well too well for sure and and let's let's not forget the big one that people sometimes forget about when they when they're averaging these numbers out is sponsorships completely and especially now that it's it's become such a big industry you have to know that there's going to be a massive amount of sponsorship i mean obviously they're going to be looking for more quality teams and stuff like that but you know play you know like businesses like red bull are going to be like right in there and they're going to be paying these players like they're going to be making and, and let's not forget we're talking about like uh, what was it the the average age is like 18 to 34 mm-hmm. and i'm sure younger so you're looking at Regardless of, you know, you have 6 million between your entire team. I think that was uh, the one video I'd watched. They said that the one team had won $6 million. So they had six players. So that's a million each. But then obviously, like you said, you break off into the uh, the trainers and the coaches and all that stuff. So even so, like, I mean, you're still talking about, let's let's say $500,000 per person. Yeah. That is, that's, that's a lifetime in, for many people, that's a lifetime amount of money. For yeah. Freaking video games. Exactly. Because, I mean, they don't have to pay for rent. They're living in their parents' basement. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, if, they, if they're living in their parents' basement, they're making that kind of dough. They better be paying their parents' rent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'd asked my kids uh, why they don't do this. And, uh, well, they just don't seem as, uh, they don't. My daughter's boyfriend, apparently, he's quite uh, into uh, Overwatch is it Overwatch? Uh, yeah. I forget the name there. For yeah, no, my yeah. my son played pretty hardcore for about three years with uh, with Overwatch. Yeah, and he he's played, apparently he played tournaments and he was doing like small tournaments and I don't know if he's making money or not. I didn't, yeah. you know, it's it's my daughter's boyfriend. I don't, uh, I don't look for too much information other than why is he in my house? Yeah, why, exactly. why is he still here? What are your yeah. intentions? Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's and, all you uh, need to know as a father. But, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, hmm, well, if they're making this kind of money in Overwatch, maybe he's a good uh, he's a good catch for her. Maybe not a good, bad guy to keep around. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And not only that, I mean, hey, you want to play video games all day? I'm one of those parents that I encourage video games all day. Sure. Why not? Long as the homework's done, then yep. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Still get some exercise in there, yep. but go and enjoy uh, your gaming. Now, it's, uh, sorry, go ahead. I don't know. I was just going to say that I talked about the the carpal tunnel syndrome and the wrist injuries but the other concerns is that these players they're getting burnt out they're getting depressed they're getting anxiety when they were just playing for pure pleasure it wasn't a big deal but all of a sudden every time you play you're expected to perform and it just becomes absolutely draining on these individuals 
So there is a downside. There is a downside. But on the other hand, you, you got to ask yourself, I mean, it's, it's like any, any person who takes up a hobby that turns it into a business. It kind of doesn't become or it kind of loses it, its allure as a hobby when you have to start doing it as a business. So in a way, I kind of understand that. But at the same time, it's not like you're out, you know, fighting fires. Yeah. But it's doing something uh, that you love. Yeah. Like, and I'm not taking I'm not taking it away from this because obviously, you know, it's just like K-pop, like stars. We talked about it in one of mm-hmm. our previous episodes about how you know exploitation was a big issue when it came to that. And you're talking you talked earlier about 16 hour play schedules causing burnout. So yeah, for sure. I mean, it's probably hard on on these players, but just like any profession that you get into where you want to excel at and you want to be the best at there is always going to be a certain amount of uh, sacrifice that you have to make. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, with, uh, you know, part of it is that you always have to, to be on camera as well, too. Not only are these athletes playing in these tournaments, but a lot of them have Twitch channels or YouTube gaming, Facebook gaming accounts and like they're they're pulling in sometimes upwards of five thousand dollars a month just uh, just doing that but you're always being watched as, as well too like it's still gosh I, it still sounds like a lot of fun to me well yeah but i think that you you kind of you hit on that point too is that just like professional athletes as well as like celebrities there is a certain amount of pressure that comes with being famous and in the spotlight i think a lot of these people who are on youtube like influencers are finding out the hard way too that they their past is coming back to bite them and yeah. I'm sure that, and I think that there is even uh, one of the things that we, that I had watched in one of, uh, one of the videos was talking about players not being, or well, they're, number one, there's cheating, but then there was also ethics and all that stuff that involved that, you know, you always had the people that go on were toxic players. And I'm sure that there's all kinds of stuff going on behind the scenes in regards to like sexual assault or racism kind of like the, the the key phrases of the modern era mm-hmm. and so that a lot of these uh, players there's been a few significant players like players who are, are listed in the top that have lost their careers because of things that they've said or have done and it, you certainly have to use uh, keep an eye on your p's and q's that's for sure definitely some common sense that needs to be uh, to be addressed mm-hmm. for sure and you know, but again, anytime that you're in the public eye and, but this is also why, you know, you have a $6 million paycheck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's part of, part of it. Right. So that's understandable. But at the same time, I mean, it's, you're taking young kids and you're exploiting them to a certain amount. Like you know, a lot of these pro teams or financers or sponsors, just like, you know, with professional p- football in America, for instance, they come and they, they pick these kids up in high school and they put them in accelerated programs and they don't get the proper social social life or social structure that they should have gotten. Skills. And then they skills, right? And yeah, so that when they don't act like a decent human being when they're making a million dollars and people get, you know, you tossed on the street. Yeah, but yeah, you wonder why. <laughs> so and I, I imagine that this is probably going to be an issue as well because they are getting these kids younger and younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, completely. I know that some of the pro teams, like they're introducing like sports psychologists and and stuff into their programs as well too. But I think they definitely need to look at a very well-rounded program because they are taking individuals that are so young 
that really don't have the social skills yet to really perform at that level without getting themselves into a little bit of trouble. Sure. Because as I say, you, you do have to really, really watch watch what you're saying and, and doing. And as a young person, you know, when we grew up, nobody had cameras out on you when you said and did these things. And so they were they were long forgotten. But <laughs> or, now or you certainly hope they are. <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> at least i've tried to forget them uh, yes. <laughs> but you know what these things that you say they'll haunt you for the rest of your life yeah that, especially nowadays yeah let's uh let's bring this up a little bit let's yeah. uh I, my name my name is uh rob i'm from ea sports and i want you on my team andrew what game are you gonna play what is what is your esport game i would like and i haven't played it yet i gotta get on to dota 2 I was actually trying to get things set up last night on Steam and I came from the world of Dungeons and Dragons when I was young and this looks like the perfect sort of game to move into that genre and and to play hard and to grind. Now, so, what, what do you think about playing? What do you like? Before we go too much further, just so for our listeners, Dota is Defense of the Ancients. That's just a, the uh, the short form for that. I had to look it up myself at one point. For me, I would definitely be doing probably the iRacing, the NASCAR racing leagues. I don't yeah. know if I would do like an open wheel, but uh, I'm I'm a big, I was a big NASCAR fan. I don't really watch that much anymore, but I, I was a big NASCAR fan. I learned to drive playing NASCAR racing four on a computer with the steering wheel. With so that's feedback. why you only make left turns. Got it. That's why. Yeah, that is why I only make left turns. I love left turn racing i i in fact i i tuned on before before we came on the show uh there was an actual live stream of i racing and it was nascar but it was like one of their road courses so where they make rights and left turns right kind of like an indie car setup and i was just like this is boring it looks amazing because i like i i showed it to the wife and i said hey check this out and she's looking and go what what's special about that i said and then they they at that time they pulled up a picture like a a, a picture in picture video of some nerd i i say nerd very affectionately because i'm a nerd but <laughs> some nerd sitting at his computer with a steering wheel and racing and she goes wait so that that car is not even actually there on the road i said nope. that road isn't even there yeah <laughs> those people in the crowd they're not even there that not is there. a video game that is a video game and she's like wow like it, it is looked... absolutely crazy what they're doing now with, with gaming you know i remember as a kid you know good graphics were little dots on a screen that made a man little man look like he was moving you know a, a, a dot for each foot and yeah. the same thing for hands and now now like I, gosh i i don't know how it can get any better but i think it has something to do with vr coming well apparently and this is i just learned too my quick research about i racing is that vr is actually something that they they actually put in as well so you don't have to just be racing with the force feedback wheel and and, and pedals you can actually play with virtual with the vr which is amazing because if you think about it when you're playing if you've ever played a car racing game your peripheral vision sucks because they don't give those the, the side view it's it's hard obviously you can't do it when you're looking at a single monitor yeah but with virtual reality now you can actually look to see who's beside you and this would be really important on, on a a circle track you know left hand turns only because you need to know who's beside you you need to know who's behind you and virtual reality would just make that like so amazing to be able to do that yeah it's going to be an incredible world of game if it's not already <laughs> yeah that's for sure so speaking of 
Speaking of modern, cool, interesting things, something that's kind of come out of the, the subculture, just like gaming, has body modification. And this is our, our second topic for the night. Andrew, how many tattoos do you have? I have only got the one. You have a tattoo? Yeah. I was I was expecting <laughs> you to say, no, I don't, I don't, I don't have any. I don't have any. <laughs> No, just what, what? a big, just a big Harley Davidson eagle across my back. Oh, really? Okay, I, I don't have a Harley Davidson eagle across <laughs> my back, but that would have been damn cool. Okay, jackass. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's get real here. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got a compass on my back. Cool. Okay, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. That's much, much more sense than a Harley Davidson eagle. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounded damn cool at the time, though, when I said it. Yes. When I, and as actually, if you could even, I know you're listening, but if you're, if you could see it, my arms were spread out wide as well too. It's very theatrical. Very nice. I, I, you had, you had me. You had me. I, yeah. I believe. <laughs> like, oh, no way. <laughs> no. It's, so it's just the one tattoo. I, you know, I keep thinking about getting others and what I might get, but I mean, it has been, gosh, it's probably been 25 years since I got that one. It's funny because in my, in my household, everybody wants tattoos. Everybody talks about tattoos. My wife's got a few and my daughter's got a couple already. My, my eldest daughter, uh, not in the household. She has, she has a bunch and she's got a few piercings and she's got the spacers in her ears. I am probably, well, other than my son, who's, who's still only 14 years old. I've only got three tattoos, maybe four tattoos. And they're very, very low scale, very uh, non, but I want to have some more tattoos for sure. But then as a generation Xer, as a breadwinner, I'm like, I got better things I could spend money on. Well, exactly. Like a bunch of comic books. (laughs) Do I get a new tattoo or do I buy a new microphone? You know, it's things, decisions like that. My biggest regret probably is that I never bought a tattoo machine. Don't call it a gun because apparently if you call it a gun, then it means you're not uh, you're not down with it. You're not hip. Okay, machine. I, and I can't believe I just said down with it or hip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing I'm showing my Gen X colors here. Yeah. So you might as well just call it a gun. <laughs> a gun. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> not, so now that you've used those terms, as an artist, uh, I've always been asked to design tattoos, and I've always been asked, "Well, why don't you get into tattooing?" And I'm always thinking to myself, "Well, if I make it, if I put a, a tattoo on the back of some big burly biker, he's going to murder me when I screwed up and I spell his name wrong." So that was always the thing that always kind of stopped me from doing it. But now that, you know, there's, everybody's getting tattoos, including scrawny little people that wouldn't be able to hurt me. Maybe you could get into it now. Yeah. I don't have the, obviously, I don't have the time for any of the stuff I do now. So I certainly don't have time to start practicing a new trade, like tattoos. And and the artists that are doing it, like, I mean, obviously there's, there's always a a couple of schlubs, but uh, so many good tattoo artists have just done so much amazing work and even in my area there's well in our area yeah there's got there's got to be at least 10 to 15 shops and one two three four new ones popping up every year yeah and you know what probably the one reason that i haven't gotten any more tattoos is because of my fear of something going wrong or getting a poor quality job. When when I was young, I didn't think about it really and didn't care. But now I think I put a piece of artwork up on the wall in a couple years time, I might take that art piece down because I'm bored of it and put something new up. When you put it on your body, it's going to be there for the rest of your life, essentially. And I want to make sure that I have a good quality artist that's doing the work and, and then also finding the right piece as well too. And it needs to be a perfect storm that just kind of comes together that puts me in that chair again. 
that that's super practical that's why i've always designed like i shouldn't say i've always designed my own tattoos because i've only got a couple and they're mostly like lettering but if i were to make the commitment to get because i want to get like a full arm tattoo or at least from my elbow to my wrist like a, a quarter sleeve or a half yeah. sleeve, whatever they call it i will design the tattoo myself and i will make sure that it's if not traceable to the Mac, then something I don't mind the artist taking perhaps a little creative license with I'm okay with. Yeah. So I've already got the idea in my head what I'm going to do. And it's all my own. Everything that means something to me is what I wanted to put into it. So I'm set and decided. It's just a commitment for the money for me. That's the only issue now. Yeah, I know. There's always something else to spend the money on. So let's get away from tattoos because tattoos are basic. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy now. Tattoos are basic. The right. You remember what tattoos were? Were, were the rebellion? Yeah. And now, so uh, a girl that I'd followed on on social media, um, she was a model, and she was into. She had tattoos, and she was she. The photography that she was doing was very dark and sinister, kind of like gothic stuff. Yeah, uh, but it was extreme, and there was like, you know, she had blood in in the photo shoots and stuff like that, and she had some serious piercing action going on. Like she was pierced everywhere. She had like nose piercings, she had eyebrow piercings, ear piercing, among among other body parts, and she managed to pull it off really well. But then you see others who just, well, you're like, hmm, not so much. And could you do it? That would be the next thing. Would <laughs> you, if you could, other than tattoos? Would you alter your body or do any kind of body modification? Had you the money and you had, had you no restraints? You know, probably not. I'll be honest. I, you know, I'm pretty conservative that way. Yeah. I had my ear pier, like a couple of piercings in my ear and, but I don't really see me getting into to any of that, that crazy stuff. Would you, would you say it's fair or would you, would it be fair to say that Gen X was really the start of body modification? Probably. I would say back, if you, if you look back in, let's say the 90s, like the early 90s when Gen X was at its peak and your know, grunge was the thing. Think back to like Lollapalooza and one one performance that stands out was the Jim Rose Circus. Are you familiar with the Jim Rose yeah, Circus? Yeah, I am. I've never actually seen the show, but I'm I'm very familiar with it. So it would, you, you almost, I've never seen the show myself, but I've seen plenty of pictures. And I think that's enough. And that, <laughs> I mean, they, they were doing crazy things. They were like doing the Steve-O thing where they were putting fish through fish hooks through their cheeks and, or they were hanging doing there. Was, I guess there was an old traditional, uh, and I'm sorry that I don't have the proper terminology, perhaps the natives, uh, one tribe would have had this thing where they would hang you by your skin from hooks as you went from boyhood into man uh, to manhood. And I'm not sure if it, it was the same for, for females, but you would be hung from a pole and you would be like swung around a pole by these hooks that are attached to your back. Like yep. They'd actually like pierce it through your skin. And I don't remember the terminology or, or what the, this particular test was, but it was. I might do that. So going back a bit here and, and kind of jumping back a bit, the, my, my, my friend or my, the, the, the girl that I'd followed, she had attempted that herself. And because this was a thing in this body modification that had been going on where they would hang themselves kind of like the gym, a la Jim Rose Circus from these hooks as just a, a experimenting with their body. You know, my body, my, my right or my my i think if i'm doing that i'm doing it with somebody that knows a lot about about that subject 
because I could see that going terribly wrong. Like all of a sudden the, the metal pins being pulled through your body and just ripping the skin open. Yeah, I would want somebody who knew what they're doing before I attempted it. Absolutely. And I don't think that there is like a, a particular medical school that specifically studies that or Weird. understands how that works. Yeah. yeah no, but uh, there's I, people that have kind of done it from generation to generation mm-hmm. and has witnessed it, experienced it. And that's the sort of person that, that I want around. I'm not saying that I need a doctor or nurse, but... I need somebody that's experienced in that genre. Well, I guess, I guess the worst thing that could happen, like other than, you know, obviously infection or, you know, maybe them piercing too deep into your skin somehow and, and getting onto arteries or, or what have you is that if, it, if it's going to come out, it's just going to rip out a line right out of your skin. And I mean, you know, that can be stitched up and back to work the next day kind of yeah. thing, right? It's just never been my thing. And I guess it's a pain culture thing, shock value, body art, self-expression, you know, whatever you want to call it. But maybe it's just not something that I'm into as much. And I don't even like spacers, you know, the people who have the plugs in their ears. That, yeah. You know, I, I like people do do what you want with your body that you're sure, I mean, but I mean and they get bigger and bigger and but when you take it out it looks a little weird and I just don't feel find it that pleasing to 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 look at I wouldn't want to look at myself in the mirror with this big hanging piece of skin and if I ever want to get rid of it I think you'd have to just have to get that cut off it's not like just an earring where where you just take it out exactly and you wonder so so both you and I come from also like a bit of an old school safety hazard kind of mentality where we were kind of taught, you know, you don't wear certain things into the job site. Yep. And I'm thinking that a drooping ear, earlobe, earlobe, get uh, caught in a piece of machinery. It is, it is a catch hazard. And you know, I think, I mean, you'd have to tape it up. I, I, I have to. Yeah. You or you, you'd have to somehow maybe maybe putting the 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 spacer back in will help that so you know yeah. nothing's gonna get then, hooked in then there. Then it's I guess, just right? kind of like an ear earlobe essentially, but on, yeah. On the other hand, like a kind of like what I was talking about with the uh, the hooks in the back. I mean, if something gets caught in there, at least like it, it's not like a glove that's gonna stay on your hand and then pull your hand in. It's just gonna rip the the hole out of your ear. I guess mm-hmm. is what you want to say. So your your hole your hole will no longer be attached. It will just be hanging two limp pieces. Yeah, or attached sure. to a piece of machinery. What about people that you've seen who've done the tongue split? Have you ever seen the tongue split? That is probably the only body modification that I do not like. Yeah, that yeah. Like it just it it grosses me out. It's just <laughs> the weirdest thing. Like it's just kind of like gives me the shivers a little bit. And those people who have really good tongue control and that can control the do two different pieces of tongue. Crazy to watch. It sure is. Uh, again, uh, do whatever you want to your own body. Yeah. And, but I've always said to my kids, I said, look, you know, I don't ever want to be the prudish parent. I'm not a conservative in that way. Like, you no. know, if they want to do what they want to do, that's fine. However, I, I said, just I don't say cut them, your tongue in half. Well, I also said to them, I said, like, they, they talk about, you know, my, my daughter keeps making jokes and I, you know, probably half, half seriously about getting facial tattoos. And I have to explain to her, I said, like, you understand that it will limit your ability to get a job. And I've told this to my older daughter as well, who didn't, yeah. uh, they both, they both resisted and said, well, they can't do that. They can't discriminate like that. Well, it's like, well, I mean, they no legally they're not supposed to, but how are you going to prove it? Yeah. And on top of that, oh, sure. Maybe it's a job you, you don't really want in the long run. Mm-hmm. 
but at the end of the day, if you want to, for instance, and this is one of the one of the reasons that I resisted getting too much into too much of it is that if I, I painted murals at one point, and you know, and I offered to paint murals for people's households, so I'll, I'll paint a mural in your baby's bedroom, or I'll paint a mural in your bathroom, and the thing I had to consider, and one of the reasons that really prevented me, other than the the finances, was is that person going to let me in their house to do work? Mm-hmm. If I go to a video shoot and I show up and I have bangles hanging from my forehead, or I've got like the bone, whatever the bone insurance, uh, the microdermal implants, I guess that's what it's called. Yeah. You know, where, where I'm going to look like I've got horns on my head. Are these people going to hire me for a job? And yeah, maybe they're not supposed to discriminate against that. Or maybe my work is supposed to talk for itself, but it's going to be, it will be a factor. Subconsciously, yeah. it will be a factor. Do you want this big hairy tattooed guy? who looks like a biker coming into your child's, your young child's bedroom to paint, to paint, a mural. To paint little mermaid on the wall. You know, <laughs> you know, the people that know me, that's fine. Yeah, no, exactly. But for the people that don't know me, I limit my myself by doing that. Um, going back to the, the piercing, I got to tell you a little story. The one gym that I worked out at, I got to know the, this one guy that was around the gym. We were sitting there talking in the change room. And he had just, he had come out of the shower and he, he had like a towel in, in front of his waist. And like, I knew that he had a lot of earrings and stuff like that. And, and, and uh, his nipples were pierced as well too. And all of a sudden he kind of moved his towel just slightly. And there was this flash of silver that came from below his waistline. <laughs> there was like hoop earrings going down the side. I saw chains. I don't know where the other end of that chain went to, <laughs> but it was com- com- coming off the bag. Oh, wow. Like now that's crazy. I look again, I, I, I'll say that I'll state this a million times. You do what you want with your body, but think of the future. And I don't mean like think of the futures and like, you know, well, you know, people should be able to do what they want. I'm thinking more like you're in the hospital and you need an emergency procedure done. Like they got to cut all that stuff off. So yeah, they, you're going to complicate the procedure. You may actually prevent you. You may actually lose time because of that. Like as in if you, if it's an emergency procedure, that's a life or death. And now they're sitting there and they have to tackle your tackle box. That is looks like a tackle box now. Yeah. What What is going to happen? Like you may end up either losing something precious and it's not going to be the 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 12 gauge uh ring you got running through the end of your pecker you know you're going to be losing the whole thing because yeah a doctor is going to be like i don't have time for this you're going to die yeah slice the whole thing off you know what i mean but and you know what like i've just never been sitting there in front of the mirror kind of, man you know what i've been missing all this time a hoop in my bag <laughs> so so I knew I was missing something. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm glad we're having this conversation. I'm glad we're having this conversation. <laughs> well, here, here's here's the thing, and I explain this to I explain this to my daughters, my son, and I also explain this to an, a certain ex uh, girlfriend of mine who got went and got a tongue piercing. And I said, "Do you understand that body modification? You know, certain body modification, there's an outward appeal to it. Uh, you're, you're expressing yourself, but the things in your genitalia." and your tongue, like, you know, the splitting mm-hmm. of the tongue, the tongue piercing and stuff like that. There is one reason that people do that. And it's not expression. They do this for sexuality. 
right? So the, the idea of getting the tongue piercing is that you can perform better in bed, you know, performing certain sexual acts. Yeah. And now my girlfriend, she certainly wasn't performing that sexual act very often mm. to justify that. However, you know, she ended up actually taking it out not long after because it got infected or something. And that's Ooh. the thing that that's another thing that scares me. But I just wonder, like, I mean, if people go and do this stuff and they think, oh, yeah, I'm doing it because I'm trying to be rebellious or I'm trying to, you know, self-expression. But you're doing stuff that is aggressively sexual, which is fine if that's the kind of sex play that you're into or the fetish or the people that you're that you surround yourself sexually with. But what's the point of doing that if that's not something that is going to turn your partner on or, or you know, I guess yeah, maybe turn I don't know. On? Some people, they just think, hey, that looks cool. I, I, I want that, I guess. At least it's stuff that like below the belt, it can't be seen. At least that's I fair. hope that it can't be seen <laughs> at your job. And now with like the tongue piercings, I think they can, you can get like little caps for them. So people won't catch a flash of silver coming out of your mouth. Interesting. Interesting. So that uh, that's an option as well, too. If, if you want to do that sort of thing, by all means, have, um, have you known anybody that's, that's gone into the scarification? That was uh, again, that one girl that uh, I followed, she was get she did a little bit of that as well. That creeps me out as well. That's one of the things that concerns me. Um, Just because again, you're, you're, you you have people who are probably not medically certified that are doing some of this stuff and you have to wonder you're exposing your skin to scars and to uh so on and so forth it's it's dangerous and i think that you know like we like we talked about with e-games you know it's something that as it's more acceptable it's coming out of the subculture that you're going to see better and better quality as well as better and safer procedures I'll put it on my esports character. There you go. Yeah, that's that's as far as I'm going. That will be on my my EFT character. <laughs> uh, the scrotal implants and the uh, the horns, <laughs> the microdermal horns. Quickly, I just we've been going on for some time, but the one thing that I had actually it got me to actually put this subject on onto this uh, podcast, I had actually come across hearing about women that were going to go get you know implants and that they were going horribly wrong. There was actually a fake doctor out of Florida, because if anything is going to happen, it's going to be in Florida, Mm -hmm. where this fake doctor was actually injecting cement and mineral oil and fix a tire sealant into people's bodies in replacement of, you know, get for getting your eyebrows done or your crow's feet or getting your lips done getting injections into your in your butt instead like getting a butt implant they were putting cement in and just stuff that seemed absolutely disgusting and that's a whole other topic just in terms of people that that choose to get personal work like that done it's a whole other piece of body modification but that's what took me down this road and so i just wanted to quickly drop that because that is a dangerous, dangerous road to go down for sure. So make sure you're working with a qualified doctor. A certified <laughs> professional for sure. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, with that, you know, why don't why don't we just jump into the hair metal, dude? Well, let's let's go from like rebellion to rebellion. So go yes. from <laughs> hair metal. Okay. So we're we're gonna have to cut this one short a little bit, I think. I think so running, too. We've been running pretty long here. Great conversations, though. Great conversations. I I'm not a hair metal fan 
but I, I I enjoy some hair metal. I'm not gonna lie. Like, who doesn't like Motley Crue or? Yeah, or like people? I mean, it was it was part of the '80s. You you can't deny it. You think big hair, makeup, leather pants, lot, or spandex, or spandex. A lot lot of pink, animal stripes or animal yeah, yeah, uh, animal yeah. spots. And don't forget the headbands. Don't so, forget the headbands. <laughs> so what made me jump on this one is that. So, okay, so I, I did enjoy some of the bands, but I also hated a lot of the bands. And I think that's kind of the the takeaway from- Yeah, I wasn't, the, I'll be honest, I wasn't a big fan of that genre myself. But I think that there, like, it was a, it was a love and hate relationship with it, right? I mean, we can all say that we didn't, we don't like it, but I mean, tell me you don't like Bon Jovi. Yeah, no, exactly. Guns they and put Roses. Out some, they all, every single one of those bands put out a great hit. They like put out a catchy talking, tune. Yeah, Poison, Motley Crue, Quiet Riot, Twisted Sister, you know, some of like all those bands put out top hits for for that generation. What do all these bands have in common? Their songs have rotations at the local strip joint. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, not not that I'm talking from experience, but but they've got big hooks. They've got like a melodic chorus and they've got this power ballads. Yeah. Like think think every rose has its thorn by poison. Poison like that name right there just drips of hair spray and drugs, alcohol, uh pretty much everything that and that's really what that generation or that uh culture really was about and that's what was different from like that's what made hair metal different like you, you look at metallica megadeth and you look at their hair and you say oh they must be hair metal but no they, they talked about generally serious subjects or they talked about stories they told stories with their music where with motley crew and poison and maybe not bon jovi so much but they talked about the party lifestyle they talked about girls 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 and uh, it was all about cow- drugs strippers and late night parties and they're all cowboys even though they've probably never ridden a horse <laughs> <laughs> so so what what brought me into this subject and i'll touch out is that obviously hair metal is not a thing anymore or it certainly doesn't seem like that but i've come across a band called the pretty reckless and i know they've been around for a little bit the lead singer was an actress who she was in uh, i uh, she was in uh, the Grinch, the the Jim Carrey version of the Grinch. Okay, yep. she she was she was Mary Lou Who. She was the little girl who endeared the Grinch, and so now she's turned off. She's gone from that, and I think she's been in a couple other shows and stuff like that. Which obviously, she's not a little girl in it. She's not the the little sweetheart now, and she's turned the she's turned into this band where she's she's performed with like former uh, members of Rage Against the Machine, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam. And she obviously having her own band and it's hard rock, but it just reeks the lyrics and the, the, the music itself just reeks of hair metal, but it's good. It's good hair metal. And, and she puts on, she's got a great voice that reminds me of Pat Benatar. You know, you could say Pat Benatar is kind of at the very forefront of hair metal. Mm -hmm. And she's just got this rock and roll voice and this rock and roll attitude. Uh, She performs on stage. She wears like, you know, like, pasties over her nipples and you know oh in some some things right and it's just like this rock and roll lifestyle even some some of her songs are like about how uh she wants to be buried and when she dies and that you know she was killed by rock and roll is what she wants her her tombstone to say right that's it's awesome a, but she's a great performer and just watching i've, I've watched so many videos and just I'm, I'm totally obsessed with this band right now and it was funny because back in uh, a few years ago, my wife and I, we went to see uh, a Nickelback concert. Don't hate. Don't hate. I don't mind Nickelback. No, I, I've been there. It's okay. okay. It's okay. 
So, show. Talking more to the audience because I, I know that you your standards yeah. are as low no, as no, mine. No, I'm just uh, I just want to give you some support. Yeah, go, I appreciate go ahead. That. I appreciate that. Audience, so, take a step back. One of the bands that was coming on earlier before one of the opening bands was called Hinder, and I hated them. I said that I I think they're just trying to be like a they're trying to be a hair band, but they're from the like the 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 2000s. They're from the modern modern generation, and I said, oh, these guys just make me sick, and their songs was like lips of an angel which was a total hairband song but i just i couldn't get behind them at all i just oh i hate these guys we're watching the stage get set up and i see the guy setting up the drums and all of a sudden you know these lights come up from under the drums and he's just sitting there he's tuning the drums up and then a fan blows on him and the the, the guy who's the, the setup guy there the roadie is is his hair starts blowing up in the wind and stuff. i'm just going oh my god this is gonna be a terrible show and i'll tell you they came out and they freaking rocked it that's awesome I, I was like okay hold on here hold on here what's going on here i'm liking these guys now right <laughs> so it, it's crazy i mean here's the one thing that you can take from hair bands and i don't know how much more you want to talk on this but the one thing that you can really take away from hair bands is that these guys knew how to party they knew how to perform and they knew how to entertain a crowd and put on a show when they weren't throwing spazzes like axel rose yeah you know they they were performers and that is the one thing that you can take away from hair bands if you didn't like their music if you don't like their personalities i mean come on and do you see the uh, uh let's if i can find the title of it uh, motley crew had a netflix movie based uh, the, on a is book it, uh the book was the dirt I the believe. dirt that's right yep. i believe that's what the tv show or the the netflix show was yeah. called i've read the book i've seen the show <laughs> what a, what a great you know what i sat there and going Back then, like back in, in the 80s, I probably would have just been scowling at them thinking, oh, they disgust me. But I watched that movie. I'm going, I wish I was them. I know. What that. a party. What a, so much fun. What a party lifestyle <laughs> they had. You know? <laughs> no, definitely, definitely a book you should check out, uh, a show that you should watch. I don't know if you've seen it yet, Rob, but it's, uh, gosh, it's probably 10, 15 years old now. The documentary Metal a Headbanger's Journey. It's done by anthropologist uh, Sam Dunn. If I, you haven't seen it, it's it's a must watch. It takes you through the history of metal and all of the different genres that have come out of it. And it is absolutely done fantastically. I um, believe I've seen it. I believe I've seen it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to go back and, and watch it. I I assume I can find it on Netflix, or at least I hope I can. If not, it's got to be on one of the other streaming services. Well, if, if, when all else fails, go to Disney. Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I just got to read a headbanger. I'm going to read a couple names here from like, I'm just looking at the uh, list of glam metal bands and artists on, on Wikipedia. And let's look at that now. Now, don't get me wrong, uh, like hair metal and glam metal uh, is a little different. Glam yeah. metal was was a little older. And I'm saying late, kind of late 70s and hair metal really kind of kind of grabbed those roots and, and took it into the in through the 80s. But the 80s like really started with Motley Crue. Completely. Uh, I mean, and we'll, 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 we'll go over like we'll, we'll think of like, uh, so they, they list Sebastian Bach here from Skid Row. Skid Row is a major. Aerosmith I think they were probably of, the end where Skid Row was probably the at the very end of uh of the genre. Yeah, they kind of I'm bled kind of into back. they kind of bled into the uh the Metallica 
yeah. uh, heavy metal renaissance. Let's look at and the Van Halen. Let's not forget Van Halen. Oh, yeah. There's some of these bands I see, too, and I'm just going, oh, I hated, like, just even looking at it because I used to buy the magazines when I was a kid. I, uh, I admit, yeah. I used to buy the magazines and bang tango. I'm like, why would anybody listen to those guys? Look at them. Uh, we, we talked about Bon Jovi. Uh, there's Europe, Extreme, Danger, Danger. I don't know if you know these ones. Lita Ford, who was like the the one of the original femme fatales yeah. of hair metal. And that's, I really feel that if Lita Ford had the same kind of music clout that the Pretty Reckless had, Lita Ford would be, it would be the name on everybody's tongue because she, she was, well, she was just, she was a, she was a phenomenal artist, but she just didn't have that skill. I think I, and I don't know, I don't want to insult it because well, sure I am going to get her name tattooed on my tongue this weekend. There we go. Lita Ford. <laughs> uh, Lee Aaron. Like, do you remember Lee Aaron? Canadian, yeah. Canadian yeah, yeah. hair, hair metal. Uh, and she had like, oh, she was a bit of a one hit wonder. Uh, look, Ozzy Osbourne, Pantera, who in their 80s was hair metal, but in their 90s became like real thrash skater metal. Slick Toxic, Slaughter, Winger, Twisted Sister. Uh, there's another great band to watch. Like there's a show on Netflix, the Twisted Sisters story. And I don't remember the, the name of it, but just look up Twisted Sister on Netflix. What a great, that really gives you the ground roots of glam metal, you know, Kiss, Twisted Sister, this weird makeup metal that really led into the formation and the birth of hair metal. Uh, and yeah, Warrant. I'm just gonna throw a Warrant out and let's yeah. wrap it up with Warrant. Yeah, a, a lot of crazy bands. Man, it uh, it's been a show tonight, dude. It has been. I love this show. This has been a great chat. <laughs> <laughs> this has been some of our uh, stranger material, I I would say. But I think it, it's good to touch base on. Like, I mean, you and I are like. I'll speak for sorry. I'll speak for myself. I, I'm a fairly liberal person in regards to what I I don't care what people do for themselves as long as it doesn't affect other people so you know when i see when we, we talked about uh piercings and, and body modifications and we talk about glam music and and hair bands and leather pants and stuff like that do what you got to do express yourself and Go get a tattoo any tattoo and that's the message i want to leave at the end of the show well do what you want express yourself i guess that is another episode of how to survive the modern world or gen x isn't just a fashion statement brought to you by tribe 74 your digital media friends check them out tribe 74.com awesome good night guys thanks for listening cheers